Cincinnati. to episode 218 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name is Paul Hirons, and uh, I, I, I always surprise myself when I say this at this time of year. There's actually going to be a Bengals football game this week. We're recording this on Monday the 7th of August. You're very welcome, one and all. And, um, yeah, it's always slightly surreal, isn't it? When the Bengals kickstart their season, we've already had the Hall of Fame game. But now it's the Bengals' turn. They play the Green Bay Packers this Friday night, Saturday morning in the UK. So there's a lot to talk about. Isn't there, Nathan Palmer? There is indeed, my son. I mean, you can fluff out free agency, the draft, all this, like, off-the-field analysis. But ultimately, hey, we're here for one reason, aren't we? It's to talk real, actual football games. And... The closest thing we've got to one is this pre-season, um, so they call it coming up this weekend. Not probably going to be an absolute cracker, but by, by all means, a Bengals football game, some real plays, slinging it about, a few big big runs, sacks, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Absolutely, it's just easing our way into the season. Obviously, we don't want any injuries. We have, we've had a little a few, obviously, Um uh, during training camp, uh, Travion Williams uh, has uh, got an ankle sprain, but that's, you know, I think it was feared that it was worse, so good for Travion. He'll be back, hopefully, before the season starts. Um, Charlie Jones, who I was kind of looking forward to seeing, actually, in action, one of the guys um, that uh, we'll look forward to seeing, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Won't be, I w- wouldn't have thought at this moment in time that he will be playing this uh, this Friday. He went off the field with an arm injury, I believe. And, of course, Burrow won't be playing. But um, we're going to be previewing it. We're going to be telling you sort of five things that we're going to be looking for or looking forward to seeing. Um, so that's exciting. And, of course, we've got a bit of news to react to. Uh, Ken Riley was um, officially inducted into the Hall of Fame. Amazing speech by Ken Riley II, his son. Of course, Ken Riley II was... Uh, Ken Jr. was on uh, this podcast last week to preview, uh, to go through what he was going to say. And I must say, I thought he did a fantastic job. I mean, that's quite a precious situation, isn't it? Talking about your dad, who you loved very much, and some a cause that you've been campaigning for you know, years with everything that you've got. You're a dad yourself, so you've got all these complicated feelings going on. Uh, You want to do your mom proud. You want to do your sisters proud. Uh, And then, oh, yeah, you're just going to be on the stage with a whole bunch of NFL legends and the whole world watching you, loads of Bengals fans in the crowd. So, yeah, I mean, I thought he did remarkably well. Did you see that speech, Nathan? 
I did. It was excellent and completely echo what you said about um, the pressure of that. You know, it's a very well attended event. A lot of people, um, obviously legends of the game there. And um, yeah, I thought he spoke with real confidence. It was, you know, lovely like classy words and just as he said on the speech it's about time you know it took a bit too long but um ken riley is now in the hall of fame which is absolutely fantastic for the bengals and more than anything for ken himself as thoroughly deserved yeah 100 percent. so it, if those are new to all this ken riley joins anthony munoz as uh you know the second only the second bengals player to play for you know the, a one club guy a bengals club guy to well played for the club throughout his entire career. Uh, Charlie Joyner, who played for the Bengals a good couple of years, uh, is in there. Uh, obviously, Paul Brown, who our our founder, uh, is in there. But obviously, he had, uh, I'm saying obviously quite a lot, like Peter Beersley, I do, do apologise. Um, he's in there, but there's, uh, there's a significant uh, chunk of Paul Brown's career um, that was spent in Cleveland. Uh, you can sort of talk about Terrell Owens, but you know he spent a year with the Bengals. So there's a few of those guys that played for the Bengals that are in the Hall of Fame, but not only two true one-club guys. So this is quite a big deal. And uh, again, it's a bittersweet moment. Uh, for Ken to be in, finally, is great. For Ken not to be there, to enjoy and soak up this... Special moment now. The moment is passed. I can safely say this. I think it's a disgrace and a bit of a scandal that he wasn't in earlier. But I guess every club can make an argument that uh, guys with amazing credentials should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, but I do think Ken Riley um, should have been in earlier. And I tell you what, I do think Ken Anderson, objectively speaking, I'm a Bengals fan, so I want as many of our legends to be in there. But Ken Anderson, why the hell he is not in there, I will never, ever know. Um, So that's the next campaigning project. Let's get the other Ken in. Let's get Willie in, Willie Anderson. Um, There's there's arguments for Lamar Parrish, Isaac Curtis, Chad Johnson um, very soon as well. Um, Obviously, we've got Andrew Whitworth potentially on the horizon. There's a a case for Geno Atkins. You know, so, you know, uh, we'll, we're fully behind our legends as regular listeners of this podcast know um, it's uh, it's a fantastic thing to know that your club has had so many great players So um, you won't rest some will you you're like a ragged old dog I just do, yeah I don't know man it's a subject, yeah it's a subject that's really close to my heart I don't know why I can't explain it but um, I feel really passionate that these guys should get their due you know and if anything that I can do personally, or I can do, you know, um, through Bengals UK, then I absolutely will do. So, um, yes, uh, let's see what happens. The other thing about the Hall of Fame, Nathan, um, you, you, you into the yellow jackets as a look? Do you think? It's not. It's not my look. But I thought so I was having a look at it, and um, old Joe Thomas looked pretty banging in that that jacket. He, he's I tell you, for an offensive lineman, he's in fantastic shape now. I know I don't want to talk too positively about Cleveland Brown, but you know it's not. I don't know. I can't say I've ever worn a yellow jacket. Have you? Uh, no, I've worn some funky jackets in my time, but never a yellow jacket. To be honest. Um, no. Well, no. Um, what about the busts? I do find the busts occasionally quite amusing that's probably a, 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 i'm not trying to be disrespectful in any way to anyone but 
the bus often look to me uh, quite strange. <laughs> They're quite they, strange they, likenesses they, of the players, I think. I think they do a decent job of them. You see some of the statues they do for footballers and they look shocking, don't they? So I think whoever's doing the busts in Canton, Ohio, is, to be fair to them, the, whoever's knocking them together is doing a, a good job. They actually do look pretty pretty bang on, I think. Oh, we might have to agree to disagree on <laughs> that one. I mean, yeah, you're right. You see some of the sculptures that go on, on Twitter and social media, some of the worst sculptures in the world. We'll try and find a few of the best ones and put them online. Um, anyway, uh, some other news coming out of Paycor uh, as training camp continues in the sweltering heat. Um, the Bengals have signed linebacker Logan Wilson to a four-year extension worth up to 37.25 million dollars um first trade well first big signing i think was jermaine pratt then trey hendrickson and now we have logan wilson this wasn't so much a surprise to me because marissa contapelli tweeted something out recently that they were in wyoming to film something and it's like well who, who comes from wyoming and Logan Wilson comes from Wyoming, and it's like, right, they're preparing a bit of, you know, bit of content there, Logan Wilson-themed content, and, of course, he was up for, for an extension. So um, so to me, this wasn't surprising. But, I t- I d- well, first of all, what do you think of this re-signing? Because it's a decent deal. It's a good value deal. Um, we've got Hendrickson and Wilson actually for the price of Jesse Bates if you want to if you want to make those sort of comparisons so the Bengals are at it again making deals two for the price of one um good good solid negotiation skills from Katie I think uh, up in the front office what do you think Logan Wilson good good signing um well it's yeah I mean it's a sign in a week at the minute isn't it we have Trey Hendrickson Logan you know there's a couple of other guys that you'd like to see get done before the start of the season but I think lock it up Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt and, um, you know, that linebacker position. They're two great guys. They've got great chemistry together. They've really stepped their games up uh, what feels like every season. Um, they've got a great relationship with Lou. I think it's a smart move, isn't it? You'd be disappointed if they didn't re-sign Logan Wilson. He's a very well-respected guy in the locker room. There's no downside to that, is there? I mean, the only, the only thing you would say is you want to re-sign most of the guys on this roster. You know, it's a very talented team. The question comes, well, who isn't getting re-signed then? Jesse Bates, obviously, as you just mentioned, is one person that's made way. Um, Bengals didn't feel that the money really, I guess, made sense there compared to other people in other positions. So, you know, you want T Higgins back. You want Jamar Chase back. You want Joe Burrow signed up for a long-term deal. You know, there's people out there that say, well, actually, I'd love to keep Tyler Boyd in, you know, in-house if we can. I know his contract's going to come up. There's a lot of people that think that he probably won't um, be here when the season, you know, when his contract rolls out. So, yeah, to me, it's more as a case of, well, who's going to come up short here? Cheeto's another guy, isn't he? I believe he's out of contract at the end of next year. Fantastic player, but... You know, are the Bengals going to put money into him at the end of the year? I don't quite somehow think they will. So it, it is one of those, as much as you want Logan Wilson back, and I'm very happy he's back. It's a deal that I 100% would have done. I think it's a fairly good deal financially, like you said, well negotiated. Makes sense. Um, but it's going to be the, at the expense of some players because, you know, you're looking around and you're thinking we can't re-sign all of these guys because 
we have got such a good, talented team that's been assembled largely, you have to say, a lot of these guys, I know Logan Wilson we drafted, but quite a few of these guys that are due for extensions now was from that absolute purple patch we had in free agency a couple of years ago where you brought in people like DJ Reader, Trey Hendrickson, um, you know, Cheeto, one of those guys as well, Von Bell, who I know obviously is left now, but it was a fantastic period and they're guys that you want to you want to keep and Mike Hilton as well, another guy that um, you know, falls into that that uh, role as well. But yeah, great deal. Glad to have Logan back. Nice to have continuity at the linebacker position. And a lot of people for a while thought that was a weakness of ours and you weren't sure really what you had in Akeem Davis Gaither. Jermaine Pratt had kind of flashed a bit, but you weren't again, it was sort of, well, yeah, he's all right and you know, he's a young player and stuff. But between the three of them, they've all stepped up and you really would say the linebacker position for the Bengals at the moment is one of their strongest areas. You know, there's there's potential questions you know i wouldn't even say questions but the depth behind those three um when you get to your sort of marcus bailey's joe batchy's people like that they you know they're flashed a bit but you know there is a bit of a drop off there but those three guys you you feel very good about i think yeah i don't disagree with i mean on anything but i am gonna play devil's advocate here nathan because we can't keep agreeing with each other right so i'm gonna say this Having signing up two of your starting linebackers, I think that's an interesting thing to do. Uh, I'm not saying necessarily it's a bad thing, but I think it's an interesting thing to do, which you know, you can read into that saying, I think it might be a bad thing to do. I'm not sure it's interesting in the sense that I expected Borrow to sign first and then all the rest of the pieces to fall into place. You know, you kind of sign Borrow for whatever 60 odd million a year uh, whatever the cap it is and then you work out what you've got left and then you can go on from there they're doing it the opposite way around unless they know well they must know actually how much borrow is kind of going to cost ballpark right they must know that then you know they've been having negotiations with borrow and his agents and they kind of know in what area they're going to be spending for borrow so i guess they can make educated guesses and educated calculations from there about how much they're going to have left right but Logan Wilson is a very good player very smart player you heard Lou talking uh, glowingly about his in his football IQ his football intelligent he is the quarterback of the defense um, I just wonder where they're signing two players at the linebacking position who let's face it that's not a premium position in the NFL anymore is a good idea um, do you take Logan Wilson or indeed Jermaine Pratt over someone like DJ Reader, who is the absolute glue of that defense? He's coming up for a, an extension. Everything that I've read so far that the Bengals are not really engaging any discussions about an extension so far. I want that to change personally, as everyone knows. I love DJ Reader, but genuinely, I think he is, and objectively, I think he's a terrific player that really does, you know make this defense tick would you take would you re-sign a a linebacker over say a cornerback because to me a cornerback is a much more premium position than a linebacker Gido's coming for an extension although let's face it they have you know drafted another couple of corners in this year's draft so they seem to be preparing for that handover there um I don't know and then you've got you know 
what's going to happen with T Higgins? You know, what's going to? We all know what's going to happen with Burrow, and we all know what's going to happen with Chase. I think T Higgins is a, might be a bit of a problem in terms of trying to extend him because he is a genuine number one receiver. You know, in fact, I think him and Chase are kind of two top fifteen, top twenty receivers in this league, and T Higgins is going to command twenty five million a year. Um, so I'm not I'm not sure whether I'm totally down with the Logan Wilson thing. I love him as a player. It's just as you say, it's like hmm, two linebackers, two premier linebackers. Can we afford to do that? Now, if we can, absolutely fantastic. We've just re-signed another terrific player. Um, but yeah, I'm I like the signing. I'm a bit worried about whether two linebackers are taking too many slices of the pie, basically. That's my worry about this. I think you might be saddened about DJ Reader in a year, well, not even a year's time, in nine months' time, whenever free agency rolls around. I do worry that as much as he's loved by the fan base and as good of a player that he is, will the Bengals want to commit big money to a guy that will be 30 um you know well that very fact the very fact that he is going to turn 30 and this will be a third contract which is unusual for the Bengals I understand that and and nose tackle is not a premium position but we're talking about the player here and what he does for the team and the Bengals you know they've been kind I wouldn't say stung but you know after Carlos and Gino two other defensive linemen two fantastic players for the club Re, you know, signed up for their co- contract and entered their thirties. They kind of didn't go off a cliff because you know Carlos is still playing at a you know no, de- say, yeah. de- decent level. You know, uh, just won a Super Bowl. Don't we bloody know it? Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, once you if you're a defensive lineman, you get into your thirties. Only a handful of them really sort of start to play that high level. But I don't know. Is he a premium position? Would he command huge money? Um, I don't know. Uh, it's yet to be seen. But yeah, you. You may well be right on this one. Yeah, I, I think the Bengals would just be looking at it from an age perspective and handing money over to guys that um, are in their thirties. Like you said, that third contract thing may worry the Bengals a bit. You know, they've done a. I think Cheeto will go as well. I mean, he'll be, you know, next year sort of twenty nine, going on thirty. You've got two young corners that you've put uh, premium draft picks into. Um, but barring the fact that they, you know, they play well this year, Cam Taylor Britt um, and DJ Turner, I, I don't think um, that the Bengals will look to pay big money to Cheeto. And it, and unfortunately, it's one of those situations, isn't it, where it is just there has to be someone um, that is the odd man out here, you know. And it's that what happened with Jesse Bates and Von Bell. I think a lot of people were really upset at losing both of them too. They're very, very good players. They've, you know, given a lot to the team. Um, you know, and in, in some ways you're looking at that and you're saying, well, you know, why don't we just bring them back? You can't. And as much as good as Cheeto's been, um, as good as DJ Reed has been, and they've been absolutely pivotal to our success over the last couple of years, the NFL's a pretty brutal game. You've got all this money that's going to go into the Joe Burrow deal. And I know, obviously, you can make it work and you can structure things in a certain way and be very clever with the cap, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, the reality is you are going to be pouring serious cash into Joe Boy Burrow that everyone wants. Everyone's willing to give him whatever pretty much he wants to stay in Cincinnati, to drive this franchise forward and be a relevant, competitive franchise probably for the next 
10 years, you'd hope, but, you know, barring everything going well, touch wood with injuries, et cetera, et cetera. And unfortunately, there will have to be casualties um, there. And that's where the Bengals have got to be great in free agency again. You know, they brought people like um, DJ Reader, Trey Hendrickson in on um, Cheeto as well, Mike Hill. They weren't massive deals. They weren't premier sort of, you know, day one free agency deals. You say mate, DJ Reader was reasonable money, to be fair. That was a very good signing by the Bengals. But it, they're not like headline NFL networks, you know, signings that are blowing people away. They were really shrewd bits of business. Um, you'd say probably the same with Hayden Hurst last year. You know, great value, brought him in. You got more than you paid him, if that makes sense. You know, it was good value for money. And you saw what happened with CJ Zama. Fan favorite. People wanted him back. He left. He got a lot of money, really, for the Jets. Probably paid him more than um, really his market value was worth. And, you know, still early days, CJ. I know he had some injuries last year with the Jets. But you actually look at that now and think, well, yeah, probably the right move for us, you know, to not stump the, mum, uh, the money up there. And that's what they've done with Irv Smith this year. You know, younger guy, potentially high ceiling, um, been out injured for a bit. You kind of pin in a bit of hopes on this guy because he's your best option by quite a distance at tight end, I think. So um, that's yeah, the Bengals have got to be they've got to be competitive in free agency moving forward, and they've got to keep going. They've been fantastic at it recently. After let's be honest, they were pretty dire at it and didn't really get involved at all um, in the last decade before that. You know, ten, fifteen years before that, anyone they went in and got it was. You know, people that didn't live up to expectations. You, you Antonio Bryant, you had the Tio, Terrell Owens, um, you know, your Sam Adams back in the day, the, you know, people that they were bringing in. It was Wallace Gilbreys, you know, real sort of. Yeah, but Wallace Gilbrey was great, shop. man. Wallace Gilbrey was great. But yes, I'll tell you point. He was maybe one of the sort of, you know, the better ones. But really in the past, it wasn't that successful of an operation. And the Bengals have nailed it recently. And you've got to trust them, really. They know what they're doing in terms of you know, who they're bringing in or not. But, yeah, that's the unfortunate reality of being a successful franchise at the moment, as we're finding out. Oh, indeed. You nailed it there, Nathan. I mean, that's, it is fun to be a successful team. but uh, And that's what I like um, uh, about being, uh, you know, being a successful team, as you mentioned, uh, is great because you are successful, because you are relevant in December, because you are playing playoff games, because you have a chance of winning it all. Uh, but then the downside is, um, well, one of the only downsides, let's face it, is the tricky contract stuff. Um, but I do think it's a testament to people like Zach and Duke and, you know, for creating a culture where people want to stay. You look, listen to Logan Wilson. He's kind of saying, yep. look, I just want to play for, for the Bengals. I just want to play for Zach. You know, I've never had a coach like him, you know. So, um, yeah, that's half the battle won. If you can create a culture that um, where people want to come to work each day, people like coming to work each day, uh, that is half the battle. If you can create something like that, people want to stick around. Uh, and if success comes from that... Uh, uh, from that culture, then more the better. And that's what's happened the last couple of years. Now then, um, we'll see what happens with the contract stuff. I mean, who knows? Joe Boy will, might get signed in the next couple of weeks. I hope so. I think there's an expectation there. Something might get done. Um, and then we'll see what happens with T. It might be the case that he gets franchised at the end of the season and then he'll be off the next year. Who knows? Or they might find a way to get him uh because as i say chase is on the horizon as well um it's a tricky old business i do not envy kt and duke um 
trying to sort this roster out going forward. But uh, we shall see right now. Uh, we mentioned there's no special guest, by the way, uh, this week. It's just me and Nathan prattling on. And then we've got some correspondence in a few moments' time. Um, we're going to talk some football, which seems like a really weird thing to say. What is this football you speak of? I don't know. Some sort of mythical game that they used to play in them olden days? I don't know. Cincinnati. Okay, so the Bengals play the Packers. It's midnight kickoff uh, for us fans here in the UK. Um, wow, yeah, I'm still... Mm, ee, ah, ooh, I'm still kind of... Soccer has just kicked off, literally, in this country. The new season, the new footy season. So good luck to all who are invested in their teams um, going forward for the next, uh, what, nine months or so. Um, and uh, American football season is going to be starting... I mean, less than a month's time, uh, which is kind of crazy, really. Um, so it's the first preseason game. We're at home against the Packers. Um, I thought it might be quite fun, Nathan, to go through sort of uh, maybe five things that we're looking forward to or look going to be looking at, going to be interested, what little areas we're interested in. So do you want to kick things off or, or should I? Yeah. I'm quite interested to see Trevor Simeon versus Jake Brown. And I know that's not going to probably be the sexiest battle, nor to interest many fans around the league. But Jake Browning in particular is a guy that I want to see a bit more of. I think he had a decent preseason last year. The, the Bengals seem to quite like him behind the scenes. He's been in the league for a while. I think he was at the Vikings before he was at us. And I think he's got a chance of beating out Trevor Simeon. And I'd love to see that. You know, a younger guy with a bit of a ceiling, someone that... You know, you don't see much of during the regular season and you'd hope you wouldn't really for um, Joe Boy's sake. But I'd quite like to see that. I'd like Jake Browning to have a stormer of a um, of a preseason and really put some pressure on Trevor Simeon. I'm not absolutely sold by Simeon at all. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. His stats are not too bad. And, you know, if he had to play, I think that experience of starting in the NFL and being at a few different franchises would really help him. Whereas with Jake Brown and you don't have that at all, it would very much be throwing him into the fire. But that's a battle that, you know, unfortunately with Joe Boy's situation and you see Jamar Chase come out this week and I think got a few people in a bit of a panic saying he's told Joe Burrow look don't worry about you know if it's week four or five whenever just make sure you're 100% fit now that's a fair point in some ways from Chase because you absolutely don't want Joe Boy to come back sooner than he needs to you know rolls out the pocket and chased by um, you know someone from the Ravens and he re-aggravates an injury and he misses five six weeks mid-season and all of a sudden you're panicking but you know you do take you know it might also be a bit of an exaggeration there and you realistically I think for all of us involved expect Joe Boy to suit up week one but you know if he does aggravate it, if he is out for a couple of weeks just to make sure he gets himself right, you may see a Trevor Simeon or a Jake Browning trot out there and lead the Bengals. So I'm going to keep an eye on that. You know, new quarterback. Let's have a look. We've got a question about that, so we'll talk about that uh, a bit later, that subject. Um, I'm going to go offensive line. I know that's something uh, just per perpetually <laughs> linked to the Bengals. The offensive line seems like synonymous with this team. Chat about it every year. I just want it to not be chatted about every year. Quite like a stable offensive line. And to be honest, I think the starters are pretty stable. From what I understand, 
Um, Jonah Williams is having a good camp. He looked good at right tackle, tackle uh, which is um, very good to hear uh, because he might might not have done. And certainly with his kind of you know mini holdout and being pissed off with with the idea of moving to right tackle, it's good to hear that that has calmed down. Of course, it's Jonah's last year as well. But that's another conversation for another day. So we've got uh, Orlando Brown, Cordell Volson, again, having a really good camp by all accounts. Um, uh, Ted Carras, uh, Alex Kappa, who's got a minor injury, and then Jonah Williams. Uh, that is, those are your starters. I'm interested in um, what's behind them. Obviously, Jackson Carmen looks set to stay for another year. I'm worried for... Deontay Smith, I think it could be all over for him at the Bengals. I'm worried for Hakeem Adeniji, although, you know, he's done some good things in the past. He's done some not-so-great things in the past. I think his time might be up at this club because they might want to move on from him. Um, Trey Hill, I've been hearing or reading that uh, uh, Max Sharping has been taking some reps at backup centre. So what is the future for Trey Hill? Although, to be fair... Trey, I think Frank Pollock has been sort of switching Trey Hill to guard and alternating Sharping and Hill between centre and guard. So, you know, his future, who knows? Uh, undrafted rookie, um, Jackson Kirkland. I'm looking forward to seeing him. I've been hearing lots of good things from camp. Again, it's only camp and he's making a name for himself and good luck to him. But I think we're going to see plenty of him in pre-season. And Ben Brown as well, who's been injured but is highly touted. I'm looking forward to seeing a bit of him. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the depth behind the starters. I think Carmen is pretty much a lock. But uh, obviously Sharping is, is signed up. Cody Ford is signed up. But I, I don't yeah. know whether he's a lock for, this, uh, for the team. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Jackson Kirtland and Ben Brown. But um, certainly interested to see the depth behind those starters. There you go. Yeah, I think like Cody Ford, I think, is going to be an interesting. One. He, he's in a real battle, isn't he? Because I don't think by any means, even though they've got him in free agency, I think he's in for a real real fight to get on that roster. And definitely you look at the line, and just as you've read out some of the players on there, it feels like a very, um, a very strong line, certainly the strongest line we've had in Cincinnati for a couple of years at least. So, yeah, I, I, how, how many snaps do you think if any that that offensive line will play against green bay on friday there will be some perhaps uh i mean this is the perennial old question if you remember last year we debated didn't we how much time should the starters get in pre-season we were surprised that they didn't get any and to be honest i think pretty much everyone you know was kind of like you know, the first game or so oh, these guys are rusty they needed some pre-season action and that's what the preseason is there for. So, and I think there again, there's talk of some some guys getting some snaps in preseason, which I'm, you know, I fully endorse. You know, I, this is what preseason for to get a bit of match sharpness, so you can go into week one feeling good and hitting the ground running, etc., and all those cliches. You know, so I don't know how many snaps because we've only got like three games now as opposed to four in the past. Um, so we'll see, but certainly I'd expect a couple of offensive series in each game, really. Maybe certainly the first two um, yeah. uh, from, all, from all starters, actually. That's what normally happens. 
And I'm not quite sure why it didn't happen last year. Maybe there was this paranoia of keeping Borrow under un, under under wraps, really, uh, putting him in cotton wool and just kind of you know. But I do even for Borrow. If Borrow was fit, I'd be advocating for him to take some snaps to get out there to feel a, a few hits to kind of get into the the mental side of things get that sharpness going get his arm going you know just get everything going it only has to be for a couple of series it's a risk of course it is but you know more often than not he's going to be okay and they're going to be okay couldn't agree more my son um someone i'm interested in looking at because why not he's your new sports car and you got to go and drive him around miles murphy seems like he's had a good camp as well i want to see him out there in uniform first round pick Highly touted, what's the geezer got? And you don't expect him to, you know, carve anything up. But if, if he was to get a sack or two in the preseason, really put some pressure on the quarterback, show up, look as athletic as he's looked, be exciting to watch him when it in a Bengals uniform. Yeah, very much so. And the other guy that's having a good camp opposite him is uh, Joseph Asai. Uh, I think, you know, we'll see him in, in, in preseason. So I'm looking forward to seeing Joseph. I think he's going to be playing with a a chip the size of the uh, Roebling Bridge on his shoulder, basically, throughout this season. So I can't wait to see him in action. But, yeah, Mars Murphy looks like, I think you mentioned it before, athletically looks like an absolute, I don't know what you call him. What would you call him? Unit. Complete unit. Like chiselled unit um, out there. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to seeing him. The next one I'm going to see is, is the safety position. I think we'll see some of Dax Hill and Nick Scott, but I'm looking forward to seeing Tyson Anderson back. Uh, of course, he was injured for the most part of this season. I think it's going to be tough to him, actually, for, to get on the 53-man roster. Um, looking forward to seeing uh, Jordan Battle. But, yeah, the safety position is crucial. Uh, we've been We've been very lucky the past three, four years with Bates and Bell, they formed, I think, you know, if you take them, Bates certainly was borderline top 10, best top five safety in this league. Uh, Bell a bit farther down if you're you're doing rankings, but together they formed such a great duo back there, you know, and I do think that's a, a real area of worry. I'm hoping that Hill and Scott will be able to to step into those shoes fairly seamlessly. Uh, but I'm interested to see Jordan Battle and I'm interested to see Tyson Anson. So have you got a final one, Nathan? Who would you like to see? What are you, what are you fascinated? Be, it won't be what you expect. Oh, go on. I think the one player on this roster that's been handed a real lifeline and was on the danger oh. of disappearing a little bit. Yeah. Chris Evans. Ooh. Running backs get a lot of work in the preseason. You tend to sort of rely on the running game a little bit more than you do slinging it about. Travion Williams obviously has gone down with that ankle sprain, as you mentioned earlier. I think it's a wonderful opportunity for Chris Evans, who's been a little bit forgotten about with Travion being sort of given um, the keys to sort of the second sort of running back position. And then obviously the drafting of Chase Brown. Now, if in normal circumstances Travion was healthy, you'd say, look, they'll give Mixon a couple of snaps, keep him sort of upright, keep his legs churning. Chase Brown will get a lot of snaps. You know, they want to sort of ease him in. Travion will get a lot of snaps, you would expect. Chris Evans will get some snaps, but it'd be sort of real garbage time, third team kind of you know, situation. And really, in some ways, it'd be on the cusp of not making the roster, you know, depending on how many running backs they take. But 
I think he's quite a good little player. He's not necessarily an every down back, I don't think, by any stretch. But I, he'll be motivated and he'll know with Travion down that he's got his his time to really step up. And I do really feel bad for Travion Williams because I think he's a very talented running back. You know, we've had him on the podcast. He's a cracking geezer. He always seems like he's in fantastic nick and he's ready to go. And whenever he's given a chance, I think he runs with a lot of heart. He runs hard. He really pushes. And... I think if given the chance and that, you know, this year it would really have been him battling Chase Brown for that number two spot and Joe Mixon's time with this team, I think he's running down, you know, this could very well be um, his last year with the team, maybe, you know, depending on how they sort of restructure his deal and what happens there. But, you know, especially with the ages and sort of durability and duration of running backs in the league, you wouldn't expect Joe Mixon to be with this team for too many more years. It is really time for people like Chase Brown and Travion to sort of take that step along with Chris Evans. So for me, Chris Evans has been given a bit of an opportunity there to um, throw himself into it. And I hope he does well, you know, I hope he puts a bit of pressure on there and he makes it a difficult decision for the coaches. So certainly for him, I think it'd be an interesting preseason and I wouldn't mind betting he has a good one. Yeah, it's a really good shout. And and also you can add into that, I'm looking forward to seeing Chase Brown as well, just to see what he's like. Yeah. And again, yeah, yeah. we're getting loads of um, chat from camp saying this guy looks good. Hearing today that, uh, I mean, the uh, Good Morning Football crew are like bigging up Andre Yoshevash, uh, saying that he looks fantastic uh, in camp. We're hearing DJ Turner and DJ Ivy, the seventh round cornerback, is... is is turning heads at camp, making plays, you know. Uh, we're hearing, as you say, Charles, Chase Brown looking good. Uh, we're hearing Jackson and Kirtland looking good. You know, so you've got to take all this stuff with a pinch of salt, right? But, yeah, there's, there seems to be plenty of good stuff happening at camp, so you get to see that translate uh, to the pitch. Right, it's time for your correspondences. Salamander. Right, let's start with Peter Dadswell at Dadders. He's looking forward to seeing squad depth, uh, certainly in the DB and wide receiver rooms. And he's got some questions, just how quick are DJ RV and DJ Turner? How does Tyson Anderson look? Is Andre Yosevash a legit contender for a roster spot? Uh, but most particularly, above everything else, does Brad Robbins still sport an elite tash? Uh, from what I've seen recently, the answer is very much yes. Jamie at Trequart Beaster. I want to know what we have at safety because that position is a huge old question mark with Bates and Bell gone. Here, here. Martin I, at. Sorry, go on. I do think that's a very, very good point. And we've been very positive about the Bengals roster. And you like to think that there's always going to be um, some fan, you know, I mean, you look across the board, we're talking about that wide receiver depth. There's some positions that you feel very good about. Same with the defensive end position. I think that looks fantastic this year with Murphy and Joseph aside, but safety is a risk. You know, that you can't deny that Nick Scott, yeah, he's a decent player. He had a bit of experience with the Rams, but you know, him and Dax Hill who, and Dax Hill, he's had some good plays and he, but you know, it's still, still fairly fresh and young. That is a big drop-off from Von Bell and Jesse Bates. However you want to look at it, however positive you want to be, it is a big drop-off. And we said earlier, you can't pay everyone. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. Roster building, chatter, chatter, chatter. But 
that is a position to watch because it is a weakness. Now, you might be able to cover it up if you have fantastic corner play and, you know, obviously Lou's going to be, you know, cooking it up and making sure that he's confident in his guys and scheming around it. And I'm sure he really trusts Daxiel. You know, he's a first-round pick. He's certainly got the talent. Um, but does it does it come off? Because, you know, it certainly is a much more inexperienced um, secondary than we've seen in the past. So that will be one to watch, and I, I do agree with Jamie there. Very much so. Uh, Martin at Dorset Bengal. Uh, evening, lads. I'm looking forward to getting as many started as possible, some snaps over the preseason. Just a few would help, and it's worth the risk. Also, can Burrow help out Southampton Football Club? Once his new deal is signed, cheers. And I think Martin is referencing <laughs> yeah. uh, Tom Brady uh, becoming a an investor in Birmingham City of all clubs. Can you believe that news? Goodness me! Um, very strange, but they, they, the way they do all this stuff, that it's all it, it, it's very clever. But it's like some big capital firm that's bought up Birmingham, and I think. They must just go out and say, right, we need an athlete here. We'll give them a bit of a preferential price on some shares and stock options. Do a couple of marketing videos with them. Make them sort of the, the face of it, quote, quote, when actually they're probably, you know, not particularly. You see loads of, I think, Russell Westbrook, you know, the uh, the basketball players, the investor in Leeds. You've got all sorts of strange celebrities that, you know, are investors. And I think for Tom Brady... Birmingham City. I mean, no disrespect to Birmingham City, but they're not. The I know, same. I know. But there's potential there, and if you American yeah, business, if you I don't know Birmingham sure. City, there. It's a big city, yeah, no, for sure. But very strange one for sure, and yeah. I don't know how I'd feel if I saw, you know, Joe Boy sporting like a Watford shirt or a <laughs> Crystal Palace shirt. or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Birmingham for our American listeners is is you know uh, England's second city. Uh, let's not forget that. And um, but it's not the most glamorous of places. I love it because I'm from that area. I'm about sort of thirty miles south of Birmingham. Uh, I've always loved Birmingham, but it gets a bad rap and a bad reputation. But you know, it's it's coming up. It's good stuff, and I think there's potential there certainly. But if you've ever and if you, I know there's a few Birmingham City fans who listens to this podcast and part of Bengals UK. Uh, so I better be careful what I say. But if you've ever been to St Andrews, it ne- who is yeah, that's Birmingham's ground um, or stadium. It needs a bit of TLC, I have to say. Uh, so there's a lot of work to be done. They're in. The, they're only in one division below the Premiership. So again, they don't. You know, they just need an influx of stuff. But you're right. The Brady thing is more of a front. I think a celebrity front. I believe, um, and he hasn't had the best. I'm sorry again to to the Blues supporters that are listening here who are just like insanely excited by this and are of the opinion that, hey, look, let's just enjoy it. Let's not look too deeply into this. And I understand that. But objectively, looking in from the outside, Brady hasn't had amazing successes with some of his um, his investments. Um, so I hope that changes for, for him and, and, and he has a positive impact on, on Blues. And... Uh, but yeah, if you want some real hard-hitting uh, online journalism, shall we say, go and go and follow our very own Martin Caladine uh, at Ugly Game. He's uh, this is his specialist subject, and he's got some things to say about about this. So go and check him out. Uh, Matty at Matt Stubby King. I'm seeing an an unnerving amount of probably clip late uh, articles about the Bengals having to play a few games 
without Joe Burrow? I thought he had a calf strain, question mark, question mark. Well, he does, and I think this is something that you spoke about earlier or mentioned earlier, Nathan. Uh, it references this Jamar Chase stuff, sort of saying, look, if he has to take off week one or week two, then he has to. Let's not rush the guy back, which, again, is completely sensible, but obviously sends shockwaves to Bengals fans. Um, listen, I, if all goes well, I, he's going to be back for week one. You know, He's not going to be missing that, I don't think. No, and, and do you know what? If week one was us at home against the Texans or something like that, um, I think maybe he might even consider it more so. De- completely, again, depending on his condition. I mean, you know, the Bengals aren't playing at home until the 10th of September. It's over a month away from now. It's a long time with the sort of resources Joe Boyle have available to him to rehab and get yourself fit. But home against the Texans, you might think, well, you know, maybe we could roll out Trevor Simeon or Jake Brown in for that and still come away with a win. You know, it'd be a... You know, any team fancies it week one. There's no disrespect to the Texans, I guess. But the Browns, you know away from home that's a tough game you know that could really be a game down the stretch that you know could mean a lot and then you've got the ravens the week after that and then you've got a rematch of that super bowl game in prime time against the rams the week after that so yeah none of those games are easy i don't think even if he just missed one game joe boy against the browns you know the ravens at home i mean the ravens are going to be a serious serious um threat to the afc north for us this year I don't know if I want Joe Boy's first game. Dustin the Rustov hasn't played for five, six months to be at home against a fierce Ravens team that looked pretty damn good. So I hope he's available for that Browns game. But I would, I know he won't. There's no chance of this. I'd love to see him, like you were saying earlier, son, just have a series against the Commanders in that 26th of August game, the last preseason game, just to see him trot out there, you know, sort of give a bit of confidence there, shake a bit of rust off. But, you know, failing that, as long as he's suited and booted for um, the week one game, I'll be a very happy man. Because if not, I do worry. Nick Crossland at Nick underscore Crossland. Uh, he wants to see Yosevash for obviously obvious reasons. But more importantly, I'd love to see some really solid, competent quarterback play just in case it's needed on the 10th of September. There you go. Echoing your thoughts, Nathan. UK Winsonati fan at Bengal 90. Uh, position battles, especially OL. Tight end, DL, cornerback. Lots of hype on Yosef Ash today. Man has a ready-to-go nickname, but I want to see how it looks pre-season. Interesting contrast with the wide receiver that got hype before being snatched off uh, practice squad by the Jags last year. Um, and, of course, that was uh, Kendrick Pryor, fact fans. Right, uh, Max Wiedenborner at maxman two four eight. Um, he wants to see defence, specifically the secondary. We've got a lot of new faces taking on important roles, in my humble opinion. If they come together well, it could boost us right back to a deep playoff run. Cheers. Cheers to you, Max. Good to hear from you, mate. Uh, Sean at Shawnee01. I think the thing that I'm most intrigued by is will the O-line play? Last year, I think uh, we really suffered in the first couple of weeks due to lack of chemistry on the line. Uh, whilst there's only been two major changes, um, I'd like to see them. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd like to see them play a few series. And I think that's right, right? We, you want. I think from what I've been hearing, again reading, and Zach wants this team to start much faster. And we've mentioned it. They cannot afford 
to go into sort of say mid-season and the bye week or whatever it is having to win the next sort of eight, nine games just to make the playoffs. Because yeah, that exactly. does not happen every time. I'm not saying they've been lucky because they've been outstanding these past two seasons. And when it's been really on the line, they've had to play sort of nine or ten cup finals, as the cliche goes, to actually get to the playoffs. And that that is that takes some doing. And respect is very much given um, to those guys for doing it. But to, to do it three seasons in a row, that's really asking a lot. So, yeah... For me, they have to start quicker and better uh, this season. As you mentioned, against some really good teams the first couple of weeks. 100%. Yeah, you can't afford to dig yourself a hole. And I've said it on every podcast for the last six months. The the AFC is going to be an absolute beast this year. I really do believe that. There's so much talent there. And not only quarterbacks, head coaches and some real experience there now. And our division is going to be tough. It always is. And... We've got to be good. We've got to come out firing. And we can't afford, like you said, son, to dig ourselves into a hole where you're 0-2 and, you know, situations like that. And then you do have to go on a run. Because, like I said before, it's not about making the playoffs. It's about getting that number one seed, getting that number two seed even. But, you know, you've got to have some home games in the playoffs. You're going to be playing some very, very good teams. And you've got to make it as easy as you can on yourself and give yourself the best possible chance of winning. Because, you know, going away from home to the Chiefs, going away from home... Um, to the Chargers even, it would be very good. God forbid we play, you know, someone in the AFC North in the playoffs. That's always an absolute slugger knucker. Um, <laughs> yeah, easy easy for you to say. Um, okay, so yeah. let's... Uh, Chris Roberts at 1066. Chris, will Drew Christman still be our punter or will he be replaced by Brad Robbins? He goes yeah, on Brad to talk Robbins. about next. I think Brad Robbins. Poor old Drew. you got to feel bad for him. He had a... A medical emergency ended up in hospital. We hope he's getting on okay. But you, I mean, if, again, if you're going to be really ruthless and objective about these things, I think I mean Brad was 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 drafted for a reason, right? And it wasn't just his moustache. I tell you that right now. Um, right, finally, um, actually, no, we have got a couple more. Ooh, Simon Walker at Grass Bandits. I'd like to say OL depth. But looking for snaps from the Arizona game last season, I guess the only thing I'm really looking forward to is a clean injury report. Absolutely, here, here. We haven't even mentioned that, right? We just uh, we want to see our guys get, you know, use the preseason games for what they're for, which is to get sharp, to to kind of generate chemistry, uh, to get their brains in gear, um, feel some proper game hits. Um, so, yeah, I, I, that's what we're doing. But we do not, and I repeat, do not want to see any serious injuries. Um, right, finally, we have a question. Richard Dixon at Lord Rixendale. Solid hand. Good to hear the Lord again. What an Ashes series. Uh, <coughs> and um, <laughs> our American listeners are thinking, what the hell are the Ashes? It's a... It's a cricket competition, a bit like the World Series, but for cricket. And it's between mortal em- enemies, almost said enemies there, but mortal enemies, England and Australia. And the series was tied 2-2. So a very exciting series. And again, American listeners might be going, well, how can you draw a series? There's got to be a winner. 
Well, not over here. Um, we have we have drawers and ties and things like that. Anyway, right. What an Ashes series, says the Lord. An exciting 3-2 moral victory for England. Um, sorry, American listeners. Look, just go and Google the Ashes and it'll be explained what Richard means there. Um, let's get to his question. Which England player do you reckon has the right stuff to play for the Bengals? And vice versa. Which Bengals player could you slot into the England team? <laughs> it's one of those tricky cross-sports, uh, would he, could he uh, kind of questions. Oh, you've got something, Nathan, very good. I reckon Jamar Chase going on the England cricket team. I just think he'd be coming in bowling 95 mile an hour, up round the neck, you know, he'd be sort of, be like Joffre Archer when Joffre Archer was fit and playing for England, just dangerously fast, exciting to watch. I think you need, England need that. You've got Stuart Broad now who's retiring. Jimmy Anderson's past his best, as legend as he is. I think you need Jamar Chase in there bowling, bowling 94, 95, him and Mark Wood at either end. That'd be a dangerous combo, I think. Yeah, no, I love that. Mark Wood and Jamar Chase opening the ball for England. I reckon T Higgins could come on third choice because he's got that height <laughs> and can get some bounce. He'll be like, if anybody remembers the old West Indies team, he could be the of the 70s and 80s. He could be the Joel Garner of uh, <laughs> England England attack. <laughs> Swinging it either way. So uh, there's a few players. I reckon Johnny Bairstow could be a tight end. Yeah, I was going to say Johnny Bairstow. He could be a tight end. He's got the sort of chunky build but still relatively agile, although he would drop quite a few things, eh? Oh, there's a topical joke for you. Um, that means nothing at all to American listeners. Um, what, who else? Who else would you say from the... I think Broad, even though he's just retired, will look good as a wide receiver, actually, do you know? Yeah, Stuart Broad. What about... Um, I mean, Stokes. Uh, yeah, Stokes is a bit, a bit of a, like, maybe on the defensive line, a bit of a Max Crosby vibe oh, to him, you know. I in. love that. Or even a linebacker, just, like, completely yeah, taking just, over just games. Over the middle, I could see that. Joe Root is a quarterback. Could you see that? Yeah, Joe Root's a bit of a technician, and he quite yeah, a nice guy. Yeah. Sort of, you know, sort of the poster boy for Waitrose. I could see him. Actually, I'm going to sort, and then going to swap the namesakes. I think Root for Burrow and vice versa. So Burrow in at number four, England's best batsman, and England's best batsman will be the Bengals quarterback. What do you think? Yeah, I like that. I like that. If you had to do it, I think I think I can get on board with that, my son. Very good. Well, thank you so much for all your questions and comments. Uh, again, it's hard to believe that uh, football is now here. Again, we're going to be we're climbing on to, into our little uh, roller coaster car. We're going up slowly to be released down into the gravity-defying uh, uh, fairground ride. I'm sorry, I'm trying to stretch this metaphor out uh, for as long as possible. It's not really working. Um, so, yeah, incredible that uh, football is back. Uh, big thanks to everyone again that's uh, contributed. We'll be next back next week where we will be able to kind of play the reazione um, uh, jingle for the first time this season. How exciting. Um Enjoy the game. Again, for UK listeners, it is uh, midnight on Friday night, Saturday morning. The Packers are actually in town. There's going to be some sort of cross, you know, or joint practice, I should say. So look out for lots of fights uh, <laughs> and stuff. Uh, but, uh, yeah, in the meantime, keep in touch with us. We are at 2 day underscore UK on Twitter. We are Bengals UK on Facebook. We're Bengals underscore UK on Instagram. 
Uh, come and say hello. Tell us how you're feeling. Uh, but until then, it is a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys.
And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.